It's so easy to be average. You know it as well as I know it. It takes a little something to be special, Don. It takes a little something special to be a great player. We don't have enough great players. The hell with that! We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? I'm proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan, on the football field. Three things. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, hell, there's no question who will win. Buckeye Podcast, by fans, for the fans, where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the OHIO Podcast. OH! Welcome back to the OHIO Podcast, everybody. I am your host, Buckeye Boggs. That sleepy man over there is not one of the seven dwarfs. That is Chris Wilds. We need to try to keep him awake tonight, man. He's tired. He's yawning like crazy tonight. Chris, stay awake, man. I'm good. All right, um, we, got, um, we got an hour to talk about guys, man. All right, we got an hour. Larry Daniels is in the house, South Central Florida. Greetings, Larry. I am so jealous of your weather, man. It is downright cold today, this weekend. Are you kidding me? No, oh, I'm not kidding. You was cold. Man, I was outside in a pair of shorts and a t-shirt today. It was like 40 degrees today. Oh, it was fine. Once you got past like one o'clock, it was great. Man up. Was out. <laughs> Ryan Wickerham, my guys. What's up, Ryan? Looking forward to catching up with you. Hey, Ryan, you got to come to our tailgate this time. How about that? We're going to have a tailgate at the um, spring game. So be on the lookout at on our social media sites. We're going to be posting this. It is our second annual fan appreciation tailgate. As you can see in that flyer, we are in the grass between the two parking lots in the northwest section of the horseshoe. So that is where we will be located. We'll have a tent. We'll have cornhole. We'll have breakfast foods. We might even have uh, food for after the game. We're going to have a great time before and after the game. And, and we got prizes. We got, we prizes. got prizes. We got prizes. We got prizes. We've got merch. We've got us. We might even have a former Buckeye or two swing by the tailgate to say hello. So make sure if you have something to get autographs, you bring those with you as well. We are truly appreciative of each and every single one of you who have made this show what it is today. Four years, four years. And this is our way of saying thank you to all of you. So make sure you swing by the tailgate if you're coming to the spring game at least say hi to us introduce yourself get a picture with us who knows and if you want we're doing videos that day i've got some new recording equipment including a new microphone to uh, take this out with us so we're gonna have a good time chris so absolutely make sure you all come by the fan appreciation tailgate 
All right. Brad Overday, he's in the house. What's up, Brad? Good to see you tonight, my friend. Uh, let's see. Just got down, done training with Greg Fry. He's training my stepson at QB for this fall. Cool. Hey, man, we nice. had Greg Fry on the show. Hey, if, if you haven't seen that interview, check out our YouTube page. Go back, scroll down the interviews. You'll see where we got the chance to interview Greg Fry. He is uh, a, awesome. He's awesome, awesome at what, yeah. doing that. Yeah. Uh, hey, fellas, wish I could attend. Seems like a cracking fan day. You know who that's from. I got a feeling that may have came from down under, Eric. The man from down under. Absolutely. Matt Butcher. Hey, and uh, I got to watch the F1 race this morning. That took place in Australia over the weekend. So awesome. That was a lot of fun. So thanks for having all of you in. Let's go ahead and jump into our first topic of the evening, Chris. Week three of spring practice. What is the big news, my man? I'll let you hit us up first. What came out uh, from the media this week in spring practice that you want to touch on? Well, I'll tell you, for me, it's got to be some excitement about the transfer. Davison Igbenison. There we go. I got it right. I'm not an uncultured swine, Eric. Not all the time. Not all the time. But, hey, it looks like this guy could be cracking that starting lineup after a second huge scrimmage Saturday. Uh, you know, he picked off Kyle McCord, several pass breakups during the day. You know, he really looks like he's pushing to be a strong candidate to be the guy opposite Denzel Burke, who, by the way, I'm also hearing looks like he's returning to that freshman form. So we could have a great, great tandem at corner there, uh, the way these guys are looking. Yeah, so I'm super high on Igbenosan. I, I really am. I think the guy is um, – go ahead, mark it down. I think he's the second quarterback. I do. Yeah, I, I think, agree. I, I think he's starter. Um, everybody's talking so highly of him. Uh, he's flashed the two times the media has been in there to see the scrimmage. He's flashed. He's done well. He's picked up the defense very nicely. And it feels – I feel very confident right now that our quarterback situation this year is much better than it was last year. And that was one of our big weaknesses last year, Chris, yeah. was our health at cornerbacks. Like we, at one time we were throwing guys out there. It was like, Hey, can you, can you walk in two gum? Cause we need you right now. At cornerback. That's how, that's how desperate. I, I think Xavier Johnson was about to head to the uh, defensive backfield next, you know? Yeah. <laughs> right. Like might as well at that point. So, I feel very, very confident that our cornerback situation uh, is improving and it is going to be really good this year. Um, <clears throat> outside of that, um, I'm also hearing really, really good things about the defensive backs in the safety position. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, we're going to talk a little here in a little bit when we, when we flip it over and we do some of the negatives um, about an injury that happened. But... Um, especially especially the safety position they have options we yeah. finally have options and some of those guys who are in their third fourth fifth even their sixth season at ohio state are finally grasping the importance of what's going on in their career and in the backfield and of course i'm talking about josh proctor Jim Knowles was asked about Josh Proctor. He says, I'm seeing a focused 
and determined young man. I think he has become extremely serious this spring. He knows it's his last chance because time is running out. I'm seeing some good things from him. It was only a year ago, Chris, if you recall, opening game, he got burnt yes. early on. He was pulled yeah. out of the game. We never saw Proctor from from for the most part rest of the season after that. Yeah. I think he's been given a second chance to prove himself and he's at least taking it serious this time. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, a new lease on life, that's what this young man needed, I think. And uh I think we saw, you know, I think through his career we've seen some flashes of what could be. And I think maybe uh according to Knowles, he's got the focus to go with that athleticism and, and ability to uh you know, make make a run at it, uh, getting and keeping the starting job this time. If you recall, um, two seasons ago, he got hurt against Oregon. Yes. And we, at the time, we thought that was a devastating injury. Yes. Because we all were super high on Josh Proctor at that time. He gets hurt, and then a new defense ha- gets gets put in place. And I think that a lot of things kind of just snowballed on him. I think if he can return to form of where he was two years ago before that injury, mm-hmm. and he becomes that eraser on the back end, mm-hmm. that only spells good things for this defense. Well, and do you think maybe the injury was lingering at the beginning of last year, and that may have been an issue as well? Possibly. I also think there maybe was some bad mojo, some bad attitude, yeah. possibly. Um, you know, new, new, new defense. You know, there's no street cred anymore. Right. what he had gathered from the previous coaching staff at the on the defensive side. So, yeah, maybe maybe that was the case. Um, how about Carnell Tate? Fastest yes. freshman ever, ever to lose his black stripe. Do yeah. tell, Chris. Do tell. Oh, man. This kid is just amazing, you know. And, and Eric, it, he, the young man cost me a box of cookies, my man. <laughs> That hurts. That hurts. Yeah, I mean, I just, it's amazing what Brian Hartline is consistently bringing into this wide receiver room. I mean, the guy has speed. He's got athleticism. He's got size. He has all the tools right now to go in and be an impact player. And, Eric, I think this guy's going to see quality minutes. Obviously, uh, you know, I think we're going to see a lot of him in the spring game with, with all the guys that are not playing. Um, and, and I think it's going to lead to the potential to him see some quality minutes, maybe even taking over that number three spot if, uh, you know, Fleming isn't back to 100% really quick. I don't know that he's going to be at the number three. I do think he's a part of that uh, top six that top uh, six, Brian Hartline kind of went out of the bag. He said, I have six or seven guys I'm pretty confident in. And right away, the media was like, would you like the name him? And he was like, no, it's a secret. <laughs> but I'm that, pretty... That's the Ryan Day influence right there. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. I'm pretty sure that Carnell Tate is one of those six guys. I, I really, I, I'm pretty well, sure. I don't think there's any doubt. Yeah. Um, who else? What, what, what else has jumped out to you news-wise? How about the defensive line, Eric? I mean, we saw it, and we talked about it a little bit uh, before we came on the uh, on tonight. These guys have just been tearing it up this spring. Uh, you know, JTT, Jack Sawyer, Talik Williams, Mike Hall uh, Jr., Ty Hamilton, 
you know, they've been looking amazing all spring. You throw in Caden Curry and Kenyatta Jackson, uh, who have been having a great spring as well. You know, th- this defensive line looks for real. And this is coming off a, a season last season when, uh, you know, the defensive line actually, I think most of us considered underproduced. When you look at the fact that this was a team that had the second fewest hurries and third fewest sacks that Larry Johnson has had from a defensive line in his time at Ohio State. So I think this is a fact. I think we're getting healthy. I think we've got a a much deeper uh, defensive line maybe than we thought originally. I think there's going to be a great rotation uh, uh, there. And and I think it could be a great thing, you know, a great sign of things to come. Or or is it just an indictment of how bad our offensive line is, is the question. You, you know, you don't, we don't want to go down that track, but, uh, you know, especially with, uh, like you said, another big injury hitting that offensive line, you know, it, it, I'm hoping it's that the defensive line is that good. I think they are that good, but one has to ask himself, is, is it the defensive line or is it the offensive line? Last year at this time, the same thing was happening. The defensive yes. line was dominating and spring. We fast forward to fall and Paris Johnson Jr. and Dewan Jones pretty much shut that down. And then our yeah. defensive line didn't really play up to par to see during the season. Now, JTT had an amazing game against Penn State. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. But as a whole, as a unit, they underachieved it last year. Agreed. And if this team, in this number one, if this defense is going to take the next step forward, which I have predicted they will, it starts up front with pressure. Doesn't mean your sack numbers have to be through the roof, but what it does mean is you cannot allow the quarterback to have time to pick apart the defensive back backfield. If you can get pressure and you make him uncomfortable, it's going to make the every unit behind you that much better. And so our defensive backs, if they can just give the defensive line just one more second because they're covering better, that's going to make the defensive line look better. Yes, It really works in tandem on defense when it comes to pressure. And so I, I think they're going to take that step. Now, I think there's one big reason why, and it's not because of Jack Sawyer being put back in the defensive end. I think it's because Mike Hall is going to be healthy. healthy. He absolutely is unblockable right now. And they are literally pulling him out of the game to make it fair when they scrimmage. And and Eric, we saw that when he was healthy last year. Yeah. He'd have like eight snaps and two sacks. Yeah. What? Imagine if he got... 40, 50 snaps a game. Yeah, exactly. The dude, and that's going to make JTT, Jack Sawyer, and Kenyatta, and all these other defensive ends, uh, uh, all of them are going to play better with more pressure up the middle. And so I think it starts there on this defense. I really do. But you brought it up, so we've got to talk about it. The bad. Let's talk about this offensive line. They've got issues, Chris. Oh, definitely. We were already concerned about the depth, and then you talk about 
uh, Zen Mikowski going down. That's huge. Uh, like we talked about on the air, Eric, I, I see this being a team that has to make some serious strides in the portal when it reopens. Because we got some good young talent there, but we need somebody who's developed and ready to go right now. Uh, you know, we have the skill position guys to go out there and compete for a national title right now. Even with a first-year quarterback, no matter which one it is, we have the skill position guys to go out there and compete for a national title. I believe we have the defense to go out and compete for a national title. That offensive line is the big question. I think we're good at guard. Yeah. Um, I've got some confidence at center. I really do have some confidence at center right now. Uh, but, but those tackles scare me a little bit, and especially with Mikowski going down. I think Fryer will be okay. But, uh, you know, he's he's got to get adjusted and used to that position a little bit, I think. And um, Mikowski going down was huge, given given the fact that he's been the guy taking all those first-team snaps to this point. Yeah, so so to reiterate, uh, Zim Mikowski did not participate in this weekend scrimmage. Um, Ryan Day did not seem concerned. He never does. But let's not forget about 2022's Ryan Day. I'm not concerned about injuries because they lingered all year for certain people. Um, so I'm automatically going to be concerned. Sorry, Ryan. Um, and then I just don't think Tegra Shibola is is ready yet. I, I he might be by the time the year season rolls around. Let's 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 cross our fingers and really hope that this coaching staff and, and Tegra can really take a big step forward because if Zen can't come back and play and and we're talking about someone who's never started in Zen McCall. Yes. Yes. So uh yeah, Victor Cutler came in as a as a uh as a transfer. He was supposed to compete for the center position. That's where they put him. He looks like he's just going to be a backup lineman at this point because you're right. I think Carson Hensman has has nailed that center starting position yeah. down. Um, uh, although the Jacob James will compete when he gets back uh, from injury himself. And here we go again talking about injuries. But we don't have a timetable for Jacob James either. We don't. But he's supposed to be back by the time season starts. So when we when we convene for summer workouts for, for fall ball. So we'll see. But I'm with you. I think we go to the portal. But this wasn't the only injury, Chris. No. That we got. This one I think it might be might be bad. And I don't yeah. wanna I don't want to um scare everybody, but Jihad Carter got help off the field Saturday and it looks yeah. like a knee. Um and now he was the transfer from Syracuse. Uh, from Syracuse. Thank you, Chris. From Syracuse. And he was supposed to help in the defensive backfield at the safety position. And hopefully this is not serious. Hopefully this is something that he can rehab and get back by the time that they convene for the season to start uh, in August. But there's no guarantee of that. And the way he got helped off the field, I don't know. It's scary. It's scary, man. It is, and, uh, you know, I think we had a really good guaranteed three-man rotation there with the safeties originally with, uh, you know, we had Proctor, we had Carter, and, of course, uh, uh, Ransom in there. Ransom. 
Uh, you know, we'd heard Perry uh, Eliano say earlier that, uh, you know, prior to this injury, Sonny Styles was, they were focusing more on him being um, streamlined in his Nickel. performance. Yeah. Yeah. He was going to be more a specialist, a situational player. Um, I, I think Maybe we may have not to see anymore. <laughs> I think we may have to see what this young man has to do or, or has has to offer. And uh, you know, we've seen the flashes, and I think this kid's gonna it's gonna be good from the standpoint of I think Sonny Styles gets snap gets snaps. I hope Jahad Carter is back. Don't get me wrong, because I think he is a huge, huge uh, key for this team uh, and the success. But I also think it's going to be great for Styles to get some snaps there, and you know, get more acclimated as a member of the rotation, and maybe he can, you know, squeeze his way in there a little bit more this year. Yeah. All right. So that's the bad. So we covered that as well. So there's the good, the bad. Thankfully, there's not any ugly yet, but uh, <laughs> there's still time. Um, all right. So let's move on to our next topic, and <laughs> this is going to make everybody. Don't- don't get me started on this one. Go this ahead. To make everybody mad. So there was an article posted. I couldn't help it. I got to talk about it because I, I read the article. Will Ryan Day follow the Jim Harbaugh blueprint? Now, what I mean by that is this. If you recall last year, Jim Harbaugh started Cade McNamara in game one, J.J. McCarthy in game two, and basically said, whoever plays best is going to be our starting quarterback after that. Is there a chance that Ryan Dead copies this blueprint with Kyle McCord and Devin Brown heading into the 2023 season? Let us know what your comments right now. Let us know what you think about that. Should he? Is it smart? Does this guarantee that he keeps both of them on the roster? Chris, your thoughts. Go ahead and tear this, tear this theory apart, my man. Are you kidding me? That's what I'm going to say is, are you kidding me? As somebody who watched the whole thing roll out with Cardale Jones and J.T. Barrett, are you kidding me? No, he's not going to do this. No, he wants. This is not successful. It's not going to be. It's not going to work. The fact is, you can't have your number one guy, especially a new starter, looking over his shoulder, wondering if his next throw is going to be his last throw. You need to show confidence in your quarterback. Show him that you know he can get the job done. Your QB one is your QB one for a reason. And if you feel that you need to start two different guys so you can determine who the better guy is, A, you probably should not be a coach at this level, and B, neither one of these guys should be qualified to start at this level. I, I mean, th- this is Ohio State. This isn't, you know, I don't know. West Texas A&M, you know, this is... I wondered where you were going to go with that. <laughs> well, I was going to say something that was just, you know, inappropriate for the show. But no, either McCord or Brown needs to establish himself as the starter. It needs to be done before the end of spring ball. Even though Ryan Day is not going to tell us who it is until August, he doesn't want, you know, the other guy, to, like you said, bolting off the roster. We're not going to know till August. But the fact is Ryan Day is going to know. Uh, You know, there is no way that he's going to do this. One guy starts game one, one guy starts game two. Crap. It is crap. Uh, So Ryan Day understands quarterbacks. He understands the quarterback psyche. He isn't going to pull a hardball. He's going to know who his starter is when spring camp breaks. Bank on that. And again, we're not going to know until August, but Ryan Day will. 
there's no no way he starts a guy one day or one game and then starts a different guy the second game. It's just not happening. Hey, Billy Bob's in the house. What up? Hey, Mo, kick butt. <laughs> oh, good old Liddy. Welcome to the show, buddy. Um, I'm going to play devil's advocate with you. You can, but you'll be wrong. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. But I, I am going to play devil's advocate with you. Hear me out. Okay. What if we really don't know what we have in Devin Brown until it's on the field, a la Joe Burrow? This is the thing. And, and everybody's – I've heard that argument mentioned year, years – the last couple of years, Eric. The fact is this. If you look at what Dwayne Haskins did when Burrow left, you can't argue with the decision that was made. Yes, Joe Burrow went on to have a, a decent first year at LSU and a, a great second year. He won a national title down there. Kudos to Joe Burrow. I, I, you know, I'm not even a Bengals fan. I love Joe Burrow. Uh, you know, I, I root for this guy when he's playing as long as he's not playing my Browns. Uh, you know, I think Burrow was, a, you know, a super talent. But but the fact is, you can't argue with what Dwayne Haskins did either. Uh, he went on to only have one of the best single seasons in Ohio State history. So, yeah, you may not know until they take the field what you've got somewhat. But I, I just don't, I, I don't think that Ryan Day can can play this game. I think that we saw, and he saw how it played out with KT Barrett and Cardell Jones. We managed to go out there and screw up two good quarterbacks by doing it. Mm. Um, I I don't see it being an option. I really don't. Not only that, but yeah, he he's had a good couple of years, but who really wants to mimic the hairball? Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, here's one for you. Larry Daniel says if it's that close meaning the competition between two quarterbacks. In the early easy games, rotate by quarter and let the audition in the game conditions. So not one start, then you get to start and play the game. It's by quarter. I see you not like that idea either. I don't necessarily like it, but I like it better than I do the one game versus another game. Okay. Because then you're seeing what this the, the two guys are doing against the same level of competition in the same circumstances in the same weather conditions, you're going to see how they perform on an even playing field. Okay. So you take that Indiana game and you maybe do it for that if you have to do it. But again, I don't think that it should be done. I don't think it has to be done. I think if you put two guys in there and say, okay, go out there and fight it out in the first game of the season, you're really going to create some ill will in the players. I really do. Yeah. So one of the things that I have a complaint with Ryan Day, and, and far be it me to complain about someone who knows more about football than I ever will. But when he gets those backup quarterbacks in, he pulls the reins back so much. Yeah. He doesn't. Now we're in a situation show. where Kyle McCord has basically just handed the football off in his college career. Um, and I love what Chris Spielman used to say. My job is to score. Your job is to stop it. And if you can't, that's on you, not me. Right. So, uh, yeah, here's a comment from Paul Buckeye, by the way. He says, how's it going, fellas? 
Just was getting prepared for my surgery on Tuesday morning at 7 a.m. Paul, our thoughts and prayers are with you for your surgery this week. We'll definitely be uh, thinking of you and praying for you that that goes well. McCord is the dude starting, I believe. Um, I agree. Yeah, I, I know you do. <laughs> and I and I do too. And I was just playing the devil's advocate. And I like Devin Brown. Don't get me wrong. I like him. I but don't I want him either. to go anywhere. That's I don't the either. Thing. I just don't want him to go anywhere and and you know, and then we don't have we don't have him as a solid backup in case something happens to McCord. I I want him to at least stick around for for one more year. And let's say McCord has a tremendous year and it's like now Devin Brown can slide right into that starting position. So we'll see. I mean, it's it, there's a lot going on. It's always moving parts. Uh, nothing is ever black and white with this stuff. There's always a lot of nuance to these things. So it is what it is. I see we've got our guest Maurice Hall with us already. We're going to go ahead and jump to our commercial and come back and he will join us and Get those questions ready for, for Mo, guys. Uh, running back, national championship team, man. I'm, I'm tickled pink about this interview. So hang tight. We're going to do our, inter our do our commercial. We'll be back with Mo in just a second. The OHIO podcast is brought to you by Mastermind. Mastermind specializes in 360-degree high-definition mobile video mapping, GIS integration, and traffic safety studies. Mastermind cares about traffic safety and keeping you safe on the roadway. Visit Mastermind at OnlineMastermind.com. All right, we are back. And there he is, everybody. Former Buckeye yeah. Maurice Hall. That's I believe right. Brookhaven, if I'm not mistaken. That's right, baby. Yeah. You got it. You got it. Brookhaven's right finest. Out of, right out of Columbus. Man. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Hey, thank you so much for joining us. You are a West Coast man. Look at that sunshine in this picture right here. Is that a I know, palm tree right? I see over your yeah, right shoulder? Right I mean, I'm just trying to get the best view, guys. I'm <laughs> trying to give you the best view. You know, it's uh, it's, uh, it's definitely about 75 degrees here today, so nice and sunny. Um, it hasn't been like that the last couple of weeks, though. You know, it has been raining, so I'm, I'm excited about today. So I'm trying to be Yay. outside. Very good. Right off the bat, Ryan Wickerham says, hey, man, what up, my bro? <laughs> Ryan, what's up, man? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's start here with the interview today, today Maurice. We're going to get into a whole lot, but I want to know how does – oh, did we, we lose lost him? Maurice. He is from the, coming from the West Coast. Let's give him a second to jump back on here with us, guys. So get those questions ready for Maurice. That seemed like a really good connection, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was, it was, it was working well. So we'll give him a minute to jump back on, and hopefully it will stay connected, and we won't have any issues with that. But we we want to talk to Maurice about his uh, time after uh, after football. Yes. Here we go. We're going to add him back here. Give me one second. We'll add you back, Maurice, to the to the to the video. There we go, and we got oh, you back. back. Perfect. Right. Sorry, guys. No I'm problem. over here no touching, touching stuff. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Maurice. Tell us how. Give me your recruiting story, um, because mm. I'm so interested to find out a little bit more based off of the trailer you sent me. That's a tease for all of you to hang around for what yeah, Maurice yeah, yeah. talking about. How did you yeah. end up from Brookhaven to CBUS 
and that transition from being basically a central Ohio high school all-star to yeah. being an Ohio state, my man. So, yeah. So, um, so I was actually born in Miami, Florida. So, um, parents were both from Memphis, Tennessee. Um, so when I, when I lived in Miami, you know, I, I lived there probably until I was four or five. Um, but during that time, I remember my dad, there was a couple of things. My dad, he took me to Miami Dolphins practices, which is why I'm a Dolphins fan to this day. And, um, I was a I was a big Hurricane and Florida State fan because during that time it was like Dion was there and then it was like Charlie Ward and then as I continued to grow up it was Ward Dunn and Peter Warwick and 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 all of those guys at Florida State uh, and then we moved back to Memphis for uh, a, about a year and then my 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 mom and my dad wanted to change their environment. And we moved from Memphis, Tennessee to uh, Ohio, started in Springfield. So I actually lived in Springfield for a year. And then my dad got a job in Columbus and we ended up moving from Springfield up to Columbus uh, when I was about nine or 10 in fourth grade. And from there, it it was all Columbus. And that's when I really started hearing about Ohio State. You know, I hadn't I didn't know anything about Ohio State up until that point and never and really never consider you know I always know I wanted to play football I always knew I wanted to go to college and and play at a big time school but I never Ohio State never even crossed my mind even though as I grew up you know I was seeing guys like you know your your Joey Galloways and your David Boston's and Terry Glenn's and and all those people um and saw how good they were but you know it just never I was always like I'm going to Florida State um and, and as you continue to grow, especially being from in Columbus, uh, everybody you talk to, once you start getting recruited, um, is like, Ohio State is the place, right? You know, that's just what it was. So I, I started looking at Ohio State more and then, you know, obviously getting started getting recruited by Coach Cooper. Um, you know, I would always be at the facility. Obviously, I went to the, the camps and, and things like that and got a chance to, you know, see what Ohio State was all about. And I think, you know, if anybody goes on that campus, you know, you you can't help but say, okay, this is somewhere I should definitely consider. And, you know, as I just continued to go and, you know, I was more comfortable and comfortable and took all my recruiting visits, went to Florida State on a recruiting visit, went to Northwestern, uh, went to went to Georgia Tech simply because I just wanted to go to Atlanta. I was like, okay. You know, we got to figure that out. Uh, went to Penn State uh, and then, you know, went to Ohio State as well. So, you know, at the end of the day, it came down to my parents and, you know, wanting them to see me play. They had seen me play football, you know, since I started and, you know, never missed a game. And I knew flying all the way to Florida was going to be, you know, a tough, a tough road for them to be able to watch me in person. So stayed home, you know, and, uh, had some success, obviously won a national championship uh, during that amazing season of 2002 and, um, you know, and then kind of, you know, moved forward from there um, with with my my next career, which was uh, the entertainment business. So, yeah. All right. We got a question here from uh, Paul. I'm going to throw it up for you. And then after he okay. uh, after Maurice, after you answer this question from Paul. Chris, I'll let you ask the next one. Paul says, we appreciate you, Maurice. 
What your what is your favorite memory as a Buckeye, and who was your favorite coach during your career? Okay, so uh, I mean, ooh, it, you know, there's there's a lot of great moments. I think the 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 biggest moment was, um, I mean, you know, the I think okay, so I'm going to say the the what people probably expect me to say is scoring the game winning touchdown against Michigan. So that right. was a was a huge moment. Um, absolutely. I think the the other moment was really the national championship game and the moment that uh, C. Grant um, tackled Ken Dorsey. We saw the pass was incomplete. It was it was like you know it was just one. It was it was almost not real. You know it felt like a dream because we had been preparing that whole year and obviously getting to that game. No one gave us a chance to win it. And I feel like we were the only ones that believed we could win that game. And we were so focused. We were ready. And uh, and it happened, you know, against I, – I still agree. I still agree is, you know, arguably the, the best team to ever be on the football field with the University of Miami and the players they had during that time. So um, I would say that's probably my greatest memory because it just felt like it was a team effort. We all came together. When something, you know, when somebody went down, somebody else stepped up and it was like that the entire season and it worked out for us, you know. So it was like one of those things where, you know, people always tell you, if you do this, you can accomplish this. And and that's exactly what happened. So I would say that that was my favorite memory as far as my favorite coach, uh, you know, Coach Trestle. 100%, you know, and, you know, I'd say that because, you know, obviously I would have liked to play more under Coach Trestle, um, but the person of who Coach Trestle was to his players and is to his players, um, undoubtedly, you know, second to none. You know, I've I've had coaches that, you know, for them it was all about football. It's like, you know, what they he used to say, school first, football second, you know. So um, we knew exactly what he meant, you know, and, you know, there were coaches – but Coach Trestle really showed that he cared about us outside of football. And it was really – football was a stepping stone to who we really were going to be as, as people and as men. And I think um, he still um, models that to this day. So uh, Coach Trestle was definitely the my favorite coach. Okay, Maurice. Just got to – now I'm going to have to change my question a little bit because Paul stole a little of my thunder there. That's okay. Uh-oh. That's okay. So, you know, obviously we're a national champion. Uh, You scored the winning touchdown in overtime versus Illinois in that 2002 season. Uh, You know, you had a great game against Minnesota, uh, 14 carries, 94 yards, a touchdown, or 93 yards and a touchdown. Mm -hmm. And as you mentioned, that game-winning TD versus that team up north, uh, the the Fiesta Bowl. Was there a point where – you guys as as a team just knew there is something magical about what is happening here. Uh, yeah, just I would, that season. Yeah. 100%. So, and, and I would say the, that moment came when Mike Doss announced he was coming back to school because he wanted to win a national championship. And I think everybody kind of looked at each other and was like, First of all, Doss, um, just want to rem- remind you of we were just seven and five, 
we have the same players. We still have a new coach. Like, what are you talking about winning a national championship? And when he came and talked to the team after that press conference, he said, I really believe we can win, win it all. And, it, you know, the past doesn't matter. What are we willing to do today? And I really feel like at that moment, the seniors bought in. I feel like the coaches bought in. And it was a trickle-down effect for the whole team. And after that, we started operating as we were essentially the University of Miami. We were operating like we were the champions <laughs> already. So how when we went to the gym, we went to the weight room, when we ran sprints, when we practiced, everything was national championship mindset. And I felt, you know, and as you saw, we had so many close games that year. It was crazy. You know, Cincinnati, you know, who who would have thought Cincinnati would have been that close to us? And, you know, but everybody played, you know, the best game that they could have played against us. And we, you know, we were like Ali, man. We took the punches. But at the end, we, you know, we, we end up, you know, having the KO at the end. And that was that was just a testament to, you know, the perseverance we had to the experience we had as well of playing in, in some games where we might not have pulled them out, but we understood what it looked like. And, um, and I think that, that kind of took us to, you know, from game to game to game. And obviously this was, this was a long season, you know, at that time, no one was playing 14 games. Um, So so it it was a long season for us. We started early. I think we started in August um, in the, like a kick, pigskin classic or something. And, um, you know, but, you know, we made sure that we did everything we could. Uh, here's a question from Larry Daniels for you, for, for you, Maurice. He says, uh, who was your favorite teammate? So my favorite – my favorite teammate. Um, yes. I said, that's a hard one, man. Uh, Cause I played with some really great people. I mean, it's, it's hard to say, I guess it depends on what we're talking about. Right. So I, I would say, oh, man, Troy Smith, maybe, um, you know, I'll, I'll give my top three, Troy Smith, Tegan Jr. Um, Maurice Claret. And I, here, let me give you my, there are three reasons why, right? Troy Smith. I remember Troy, you know, when Troy was on his recruiting visit, I was a freshman and he was still in high school, I, b- I believe. And I remember his his host for the recruiting visit brought him to my dorm room and we were just sitting there playing video games and talking. And he kept talking about how the coaches kept telling him they wanted him to play defensive back. They were recruiting him, but they weren't really recruiting him as a quarterback. And he was like, I'm going to play quarterback here. I'm going to play quarterback. And, you know, everybody kept saying, oh, you know, they were like almost teasing him. Uh, no, you're going to play DB. Like, let's just let's just let it go and forget the quarterback thing. You're going to play defensive back. And he was like, I'm going to play quarterback. Fast forward his freshman year there, you know, he comes in with Justin Zwick. Who, at the time, Justin Zwick, I think he was like number one quarterback in the country Mm -hmm. right so Mm -hmm. no one really expected troy um so here's an interesting comment um thank you for answering that last one here's one from facebook user who says how did you transition from a successful football career to a successful hollywood actor and producer was this always Mm -hmm. your dream since childhood 
or did an event happen during college to steer you in that direction? What are you working on? And and we will we will and what are you working on that we will see soon? Go Bucks. Yeah. yeah. So oh, that's a that's a nice question. Uh, so I'm not gonna lie to you. You know, after football ended, that was a rough time for me. Um, just because even though you you know I was a 4.0 student in high school, 3.67 student in college. Um, you know, the goal was to go to the league, you know, so that's just what it was. And as much as people told you, um, hey, you know, you should have something to fall back on or, you know, should be doing these internships or you should be doing, you know, I was a smart guy. But at the end of the day, I was like, ah, you know, I'm good. And of course, you know, I had surgery on both of my knees, um, which affected me in college and, you know, still got an opportunity uh with the san diego chargers and um you know that was more like a coffee break <laughs> and from there it was a matter of you know trying to figure out what i'm going to do now gene actually gave me an opportunity to work as a um as a uh, assistant to the athletic director while I got my master's, you know, during that time, that's when I kind of was exploring, okay, what am I going to be a athletic director at the time? I was like, I'm going to be an athlete because I see just making $800,000 and that's what I want to make. Let's do it. You know? And then I realized that you got to kind of have a passion for something like that because everybody, every athletic director doesn't make that kind of money. Right. You know, they wanted me to kind of go and start from, from scratch in the, you know, at the smaller schools. And I was like, that's, you know, unless you got a passion for it, this isn't it. And, um, you know, at the same time I was working at NBC affiliate in Columbus as a, like a sports analyst covering Ohio state, covering high school sports. Um, and during that time we started doing skits to kind of help with ratings, you know, versus your standard, like just reporting. And during those skits, I would just make up different things and uh, they end up going going really well and getting us really good ratings. Um, and then I had fun with it. And I remember the when I got into acting, uh, how I got into acting was actually, uh, I was doing a live shot, you know, my first live shot. Anybody know what a live shot is? They say, hey, you know, Maurice is on the field. Let's throw it out to Maurice. How's it going out there? And I said, oh, everything's going great, thanks. Um, uh, back to you. That was <laughs> it was the absolute worst in history. And uh, someone, you know, that I knew saw it, and he said, "Hey, man, you should you should try to take an acting class to help with the live shots because it's different than like being interviewed, where you, you know, I'm like, I'm I've been talking to people for the last eight years when I was getting recruited, and and now at Ohio State, I've been doing interviews, post game interviews, all." But he's like, it's so it's totally different when you're just talking to a camera. Right. And that's when I realized, you know, uh, after taking that first uh, acting class, I was like, this is it. This is the next thing for me. And, you know, I was I prayed about it and asked God to figure out how to get me to L.A. And uh, I was able to um, get here with the job. And uh, and, you know, it kind of went from there, man. And but it hasn't been a 
it hasn't been an easy process. You know, at the same time, I moved out here in 2009. I didn't book my first acting job until 2013. So that's, I had 89 auditions. So an audition is basically interviews in the, from the, in the acting world. So I had 89 interviews, 89 no's until I got my first acting job on the Mindy Project, which was on Fox at the time uh, in 2013. So it was, it was, but you know, my mindset was always football focused essentially. And that, and, and I think that's probably the biggest thing I learned from football was, you know, as a running back, you know, if you look at a football play, every play is designed to be a touchdown, right? So every offensive play is designed to be a touchdown. But 99% of the time, it's you know, two yards, maybe an eight-yard gain, maybe a tackle for loss. But eventually, if you just keep keep playing, eventually one of those get one of those plays is going to work where you're going to break that long one, right? And and that's kind of how I looked at the audition process and the and the work as an actor. Because every there's so many people out here that's are, that are actors that are great actors, and that are getting opportunities. But if the only reason you won't get an opportunity is if you if you quit, man. If you just say, you know what, I'm done. Uh, and and fortunately enough, I was able to book that in 2013, and since then I've been able to consistently work uh, all the way up until now. Where uh, May 7th, uh, NCIS Los Angeles. Is, well, that'll be the next thing you'll see me on. Um, that it's the series for it's, it's the series it's the season the series finale mm -hmm. of the show. So this is the last season of the show. Um, I'm in episode 19 out of 21, and uh, check me out on there. I can't give you any uh, spoilers, but uh, <laughs> you'll see me on there. There's another movie coming out, um, I believe, on Paramount Plus. Hopefully this year, called Pet Detectives that I end up shooting in, uh, in Clearwater, Florida, uh, as a police chief. And, and then I have my own movie that I'm also a writer and a producer myself. So I wrote my own, uh, movie, which is actually about my parents' life, um, overcoming, um, drug addiction and overcoming, you know, the environment that they grew up in to find God and make a better life for their kids, i.e. me and my siblings um, but you know, basically the, the message is it's never too late, regardless of the decisions you make, it's never too late to change your life and, and your, your children's life, you know? So that's how I, I, I always look at it. And, you know, people look at me and say, oh man, he's done so many great things, but it was literally because my parents made that one decision to do something different. And if they hadn't, who knows where I would be or, or if I would ever got an opportunity to play football, to act, to write, to any of this stuff, but it's all about, you know, the decisions we make and how it's never too late. So that's, uh, it's called Harvest. Um, we have a trailer for it. And now we're, we're working to make the feature film, which is going to be called The Seed. Uh, and uh, we've got some great actors that, you know, are attached to it. Um, you know, which are, you know, Mary J. Blige's and, and Russell Hornsby and Michael Rainey Jr.'s and some great actors that really want to help, you know, show this this part of the story and how redemption is is a big thing in, in all of our lives. So um, so that's where we are. And that's what I'm working on. And, you know, excited to, to keep working and, and, and make some things happen. That is that is awesome. That is that is awesome. By the way, that question Thanks, came from Mike Wargo. Our buddy Mike Wargo from Pittsburgh. Mike.
Washington. Yeah, the Rudy of Ohio nice. State football. I always call him that. Um, <laughs> so I I gotta tell you, Maurice, I watched I watched the trailer you sent me, and I'm in love with this thing, man. Like I think it. You know, you got you got some great actors and actresses. Obviously, that's always important just for name recognition. But absolutely, the, what I saw in the trailer was high quality. Like this is this is high level stuff, man. Like this isn't some like yeah, man. Chris and I would do in our backyard with the camcorder here. Like, this, is, <laughs> this is real stuff. Right, right. That trailer on our on our Facebook page for everybody to check that out. When will when are we hoping to know more about when it will be available and when we could be able to maybe see this thing? Is it going to be in theaters? Is it going to go to a streaming service? Do we, do we have any of that yet? Yeah, not not yet. Right now we're working on um, marketing. Um, we okay. do have some uh, some distributors interested. Um, so it's just a matter of what makes the most sense, um, and and in order to turn it into the feature that we that we really want and from there you know we we've been talking to obviously your your major streaming services and you know outside of the the theaters as well you know the goal is to take it to theaters and then from there take it to a streaming service um to host it you know after that so that's the that's the thought behind it and um you know i'm just ready to do a premiere in columbus i want you guys to come and you know we can we can make that happen. Hey, I'm all in. Absolutely, Chris. absolutely. OHIO <laughs> podcast will be there. I'll go. Get, I'll even wear my tuxedo right. shirt for that, Maurice. Oh, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> I got. I got. Yes. I, I yes. got to. I got to ask this. I know it's nine o'clock, and I we're about wrap. We got to wrap this up. But I want to get you and Mike Wargo together so that you can produce. Mike Wargo, Ohio State's Rudy story. We got to have one. That sounds good to me. I think it would be Let's great. Let's go, Mike. Where you, you at, baby? You've got you've got the connections. You can get into the horseshoe. Any movie that would have the horseshoe in it would make bank. Right. You know it. I mean, for sure. And plus, plus would sure. make all the Notre Dame fans mad, right? Which would be great. <laughs> that's a that's a bonus. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, That's a bonus. The awesome. funny part is, I just worked with, I just worked with Sean Astin. So Sean Astin, oh, yeah. played Rudy. Yeah. Right. So I just worked with him on this on this movie that we shot in Clearwater, and uh, it was so funny to just catch up and talk to him because you know. That's uh that's a classic movie and you know when he learned I went to Ohio State and played there he was he was very uh, excited to talk so it was fun. That's awesome. Wargo, a Buckeye Rudy story. I mean, it writes itself. Done. Done. <laughs> Let's go. And, and by the way, I think Wargo's all about this because he said, and his comment was, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. Wargo's <laughs> in. He gets some royalty. There we go. <laughs> did, did you see Wargo's next comment, Eric? Yeah, yeah. Kirsten Dunst co-star. Dunst co-star. <laughs> The question is, is we'll who can we get to play it's Mike? Take a little more money. That's Mike Wargo. Who can we get to play Mike Wargo in the movie? That that would That's be hilarious. A, I, John Cooper. I mean, who would we get to play John Cooper? That would be. I got a great idea I for know. a couple of sportscasters, Eric. Well, I think you and I. Oh yeah, y'all in? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> little, take, little, that, little, take it. 
down by the river or down by the banks of the old Intenji. Look, you do a little Keith Jackson, <laughs> you're younger than Keith Jackson. You got him. All right, you got him guys. down. Hey, Maurice, this was so awesome having you a part of, of our podcast Thanks, today. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Really appreciate it. I thank you so much for what you do. I know you're out there, man, and it's I, I I'm at all that God has blessed you the way he has. I know there's a lot of weird Absolutely. stuff out there in LA and you're holding down the fort for, for God. True. And I, I appreciate that. Yep. I really do. And thank you yep. so much for being uh, the kind of man to allow God to motivate you and encourage you to, to make such a great story of, of your parents. They, I, I just think that's amazing. Hey, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, definitely. Right. Definitely. No, I appreciate you guys. All right, guys, that is our show for tonight. Thank you so much for coming in. We appreciate each and every single one of you. Remember, guys, always be kind to one another. I owe someone's OH. It's in Carmen, Ohio, with all your heart. And until next time, OH! I owe! I owe! Go Bucks!